Hi, I'm Raymond. I'm Kim. I'm Will. And you're listening to The Crusading Couch. We're at a new venue today. We're on Kim's couch. Yeah. Kim's new couch. We're Kim's not click clack couch. We will all pretend that we are actually sitting on the couch. Say so click clack couch three times fast. Click, click clack, clack, clack couch. Cou- oh fuck me. Clack yeah. Couch. Oh, you can suck it well. You can see my speech I impediment. Think about it, we, we we both stuff up majorly. Anyway. Anyway, this uh. That Mom. was a horrible experience just then trying to say click clack couch. Yeah. And speaking of which, speaking of horrible things this, this month, cause it's uh <laughs> cause it's the time of the skeleton war is upon us. It's October, so we're gonna be talking about what? horror. I'm not gonna explain. Okay. You can just live with it. Uh, yeah, so we're gonna be talking else? about horror. Um we're going to start off by discussing horror in a more generalized way, and then we're going to transition into like how to include horror in your role-playing games and things like that. Um, to kick off, I thought we'd go over a few of the definitions of what we're going to be using for horror. Um, so we'll be inc- including psychological thrillers, depending on how they are made and stuff like that, in our definition of horror. We're not going to be just talking about movies either, but the definition we're going for is... The media was intended to be scary. Whether it is scary or not is irrelevant. It's just whether it was meant to be. So um, that discludes that, that means that we're not including things that are scary but aren't meant to be, like and the Titanic for me and Chicken Park. And we are going <laughs> to be including things that aren't scary but we're supposed to. Yes. Yeah. So, like, I don't know, Starship Troopers two. <laughs> That was scary because it was shit, <laughs> not because it was frightening. Uh, no, um, you might include, uh, like, th- you would include thirteen, the thirteenth ghost mm. or um, ghost ship, because those are horror movies. Whether they were actually scary or not is irrelevant. Yeah, yeah, they were intended to be scary. So, uh, what's what are some of the scary horror movies or psychological thrillers or things like that, uh, books as well, that uh, you guys know of that you've enjoyed? Well, pretty much for me, nothing immediately springs to mind. I am not a huge fan of horror. I don't particularly enjoy it. Uh... I recall reading the Goosebumps horror books as a child, which should probably tell you just how involved with this genre I am. And yet, World of Darkness GM. Although you don't run it as horror, you normally run it as political uh, I do run it as horror some... Well, you include horror themes. <coughs> just, I think, the best way horror should be done, but that's a discussion for later on. I... Yes, you should definitely include horror themes in your horror. Anyway. Yeah, I don't experience a lot of horror either books or films but that's not really by choice it's because i don't really know a lot about a lot of uh, a a lot of horror films i mean i've read uh, sorry a lot of horror books i mean i've read stephen king and stuff like that stephen king's horror which is yeah kind of uh, (laughs) kind of no is going by the previous definition of it yeah 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 so that's 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 horror i guess um, but I don't watch a lot of films, but not really, but not by choice, because films is like something that I, contrary to a lot of, yeah, I think that the horror films are best enjoyed with other people. Yeah, that's um, actually and a good point. So, I don't know a lot of people that actually enjoy horror films, so I don't get to watch a lot of horror films, but I guess the most, like, quintessential, the most recent quintessential horror film that I watched was The, the Conjuring. Yeah. Is that like uh, a ghost? Yeah, kind of. Uh, Evil spirit? Yeah, basically. There's like a, an exorcist element to it and yeah. kind of like a haunted house kind of thing. There's lots of jump scares in it. Superna- yeah. Supernatural horror. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, jump scares. the kind of horror... I'm not, again, also, not a big horror movie fan. Um, I do like horror role-playing games and I really like horror <laughs> actual plays of role-playing games so uh, a lot of the um, RPPR 
Call of Cthulhu, Delta Green, love the RPPR Delta Green stuff. I'm definitely going to back the new Delta Green book because of that. That should still be on Kickstarter right now if you want to support Delta Green. Just saying. Just saying. Go check it out. New Delta Green. This ain't your grandpa's Delta Green. Uh, yeah, I mean, so the kind of horror things that I like are the stuff that like make you question reality and existence and things like that. I don't like... I mean, survival horror as a as, as movies, I'm not really into. So, like the Descent and things like that. Uh, Saw, even I guess you could say, is survival horror because you got to get through the puzzles. Mm. Um, but the kind of things that I do like as horror are like um, I would say the Thirteenth Floor. Um, as a sort of psychological thriller, um, which question, makes you question your existence. Um, Pandorum, which is a recent horror science fiction movie, although that is survival horror. Um, Event Horizon, which is like, don't, don't go to space and never trust Sam Neill. Um... <laughs> Aliens, which is uh, Alien, sorry, which is survival horror. Alien is like the most horror in the Alien franchise. So, like, Aliens is really, you know, action horror, I guess. And then Alien Three is whatever. So it was horror up to the point until they do the big reveal of the yeah. of the bad thing, and then from there it just becomes a, okay. So now we know where it is. How do we kill it? Yeah. If it bleeds, we can kill it. <laughs> Which is from <laughs> indeed, but, but they are not inappropriate. Um, yeah, I mean the only horror books I've read are the first half of Dracula and uh, one of the H.P. Lovecraft short story collections, and like I'm never really scared. When I watch a horror movie, um, but that is not necessarily the fault of the horror movie. Um, although I was worried, I watched the thing for the first time last night, and I knew the bit with the defibrillator was coming, and I what I did steal myself for that because I thought it was going to be those like, A plus special effects. I thought it was going to be like Wah! I thought it was going to be like a jump scare, but it wasn't really. It was just like oh shit. <laughs> My hands! My hands! In a bad way. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, so that's 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 a little brief bit about the kind of horror that we have experience in, but it's not really like the kind of horror that I would say is limited to my enjoyment of horror. Mm. I mean... Yeah. It, like, I didn't hate the midnight meat train. We're I mean... Horror really is probably... More True Detective is horror. That's psychological horror. I can't believe I fucking forgot True Detective. True Detective is amazing. I have still yet to watch it. It's pretty good. Pretty You'll good. You'll go there. You'll go there. What, um, it what is like eight hours of um, investment. I was going to say horror is probably one of the genres that is most independent on the individual because mm. as we mentioned what will scare one person and keep them up at night will have potentially next no effect on the other. Yeah, exactly. It's why, like, if if you base, like, what is a good horror movie on, like, what is actually scary, it's just too subjective for yeah, it to be. In the horror game. And then we've got the subtypes of horror, so you can pretty much divide it up into, say, you've got, like, your visual horror, your thriller, You can break it up into, like, yeah. any genre, there's hundred, like, you can have supernatural horror, ghost horror, you know, psychological horror, science horror, space horror, it just goes on and on and on and on. Um, cosmic horror, which is, like, where... The whole universe is against you, which is like the themes of H.P. Lovecraft and whatnot. Theme of True Detective. Um, mechanisms beyond your control. I don't know why Billy finds cosmic horror just, such a funny genre name. It's just the images that it brings to mind are just not in any way horrible. Planets me. terrified of one another? Is yeah. that what you're picturing? <laughs> the sun hiding behind the moon. like it does every day. Yeah. I was kind of caught up in my own thought there for a second. I was going through all these things yeah. about genres and 
Good to what, know. What I really like genres and sub sub subcategorizations of genres and all that kind of stuff and kind of the kinds of horror genres that I actually really want to experience. Oh yeah, what are some I, of those? I don't know. I and you might have some thoughts on this, Raymond. I don't know about you, Billy. You might have some thoughts on it, maybe. Um, I would be keen for a palatable survival horror. Yeah. In a game. Yeah. Um, In a game format. So I've played The Forest. Yeah. Which is a horror uh, open world survival crafter game. Yeah. You. That is actually scary to a degree. Yeah. Just as a little brief overview, if you don't want to hear anything about it, tune out now. Okay. So, uh, The Forest um, is a game where you crash in a plane and then you are on uh, basically a desert tropic, like a, a tropic island or an it's island. It's a temperate... Oh, it might be a temperate It's island. an abandoned island. As far as you know, it's I'm an abandoned island. And eventually what happens is that you actually meet the cannibal, the local cannibal population okay. on that island. And basically when that happens, as the game mechanics go, you are fucked. Huh. Like, and that becomes incredibly difficult to succeed. Yeah. So once yeah. you once so the you, goal of the game is set up. The goal of the game is to survive as long as you can, and the earliest, uh, depending on how early you run into the cannibals, determines how difficult your game is going to be. So I like I've made it twenty six days into the forest before because I managed to avoid running into the cannibals. And this encounter is derived by chance or chance, and also like what you do. So like. You can run into the cannibals, and as long as you don't look at one of them, you're good. <laughs> like, you can game it that way, which is how I got to 26 days and managed to build, like, a massive tree forest uh, fortress. Uh, but, yeah, it, once you once you run into the cannibals, the game just ramps up to the point where, because you get attacked all the time, yeah. you don't have, like, really good weapons normally. Like, unless you've gotten really lucky. Um... And it's hard to keep them away. They're kind of relentless. And it's hard to keep yourself healed up. Hmm. That just wears you down. Yeah, which is not okay. bad, but, like, it means I haven't gone back to play the forest in several yeah, months. Yeah, neither have I. So part of the problem with this... So Part of the problem with that is that the cannibals actually provide the horror aspect yeah. of that game. Without them, it would just be survival. Yeah. It would be The Long Dark, which is another survival game that I play. And I actually quite enjoy playing The Long Dark. I haven't played that in a very long time, and I probably should. I'm having a little revelation to myself here. <laughs> That's beside the point. Um, <clears throat> but... Even though the, the cannibals are actually the primary horror driver, I th they are also, and I don't know, I, I don't think that this is a particular, uh, that this is a specific version that I have to horror as a thing. Because I want, I want to play more, but for some reason it's just the, 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 the ramping up of that difficulty quite so quickly. Yeah, if you run into if you run into the cannibals first night, it, you might as well start a new world. Yeah, and then it becomes right. less horror and yeah. frustration. Raymond yeah. and I were actually yeah. talking earlier off recording that. today about the fact that survival horror can quite often become quickly nihilistic. Like you are not mm. playing. I think that survival horror, as in, in, like when we're using the forest as an example, would be a lot better with more hope. Yeah, if, if you thought you could survive, you gotta more, you gotta have that glimmer yeah. of hope. But was ultimately crushed. I think that you get a better game maintaining the same amount of horror. I think that horror without hope is not scary anymore. Indeed, you're just I agree. like you're just gonna die. I mean, yeah. who, who fucking cares? Eh? Yeah, exactly. It just becomes a who gives a shit. So experience. whether it's a book or a film or. a computer game or a table or a TV show yeah. or a tabletop game you need hope in your horror story in order to drive either the consumer or the players forward to keep going it's the whole like, reason vampires have weaknesses because if they didn't then why the fuck do you even bother fighting them because they'll just turn into mist heal come back the next day and kill you again indeed and it'd be very unentertaining to watch or play or read or, or read whatever. or any of the above yep 
even with the more horror elements where it's the unkillable thing or something that can't be stopped, the emphasis is still on escape and getting away. Yeah, like vampires home. don't live everywhere. You know, Dracula lives in his castle. You can, you know, move to the next kingdom or whatever. If you can just survive the next couple of days or whatever, what have you. Mm. Indeed. Which is interesting that you need hope. Yeah, in indeed. a place that, in, 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 in a horrible. I believe there's a. It just makes it a little bit more relatable as mm. well. Like, no one wants to try and get into the headspace of a situation where they know the characters are doomed to just be horribly murdered. I mean, it depends. Depends on how much time they have to invest. Yeah. So, like. You like slasher movies. You know that pretty much everyone's gonna die. Uh, but do you? What do you know? Most people are going to die. Well, normally either everyone dies or like one person survives, and it's like which one? Which of these horror movies is it gonna be? You know how is that one person gonna survive? Or who's gonna last the longest or whatnot? So it's not necessarily just. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but like yeah. if everyone's gonna die. It but doesn't still necessarily automatically make it bad. Indeed, but even with those examples, there's still people go in with their... The hope is still yeah. there, but... Yeah. Uh, knowing that everyone's going to die is not necessarily a killer of your horror immersion or whatever. What Indeed. But even if I, if I came to you and said, Raymond, I've got two games. Uh, explain them both. You can play one, which is going to be pretty gritty horror... Everyone's going to die, much like the forest. You're going to find the cannibals really early. The other so, one is like the forest. You know, you're going to find the cannibals later. It's not going to affect the difficulty as crazily. You're going to play the one which has more hope. At the same yeah. time, what you don't want is you don't want the cannibals to be ridiculously beatable. Yes, agree. So you don't want to be able to just like romp into a yeah. group of because you're only one dude who was like I don't know you, you don't even get given a background like you're a journalist or a, or a, 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 a man of non-action and then you're thrown into the survivalist situation and then you're fighting these cannibals that have been living rough for their entire life and they eat people like they can obviously handle a person enough yeah. to kind of get them to the point where they can eat them. You yeah, wake up on the plane and there's no fucking bodies. Like, it's just you. There are no bodies. It's a nice intro. Oh, I'm not disputing that at all. Yeah, it's oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. So, the, the, w one of the things, I guess that when, I, I, for my own sake, when I'm considering that that is, like, ridiculously hard, is that there's, like, six cannibals that might be approaching you at the same time. How reasonable is it to think that you can actually fight that? If off? it's you know one cannibal, yeah, 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 I might be able to just by virtue of you know balancing of numbers. <laughs> even if the cannibal's super strong, I still might be able to get an advantage. But when there's six people, like you know, six cannibals versus like a fucking MMA fighter who's also like a member of Spetsnaz, he's probably still dead. Is probably still dead. They just have more opportunities to kill him. Or the her. I don't know if Spetsnaz are allowed to be women. Who knows? I don't know either. <laughs> it's probably not relevant to the topic. Yeah. Um, but so yeah. that's my issue with survival horror, but also yeah. how I think it can be um, improved. Yeah, I have some yeah. thoughts on survival horror in games, um, which we'll get to a bit later. Um, yeah. What, what are some things that we don't like... Like, uh, for Billy, for example, and myself, why do we not watch horror? Like, we know why Kim doesn't watch horror, he doesn't really have the opportunity. But, like... Which <laughs> is a pretty lame reason for podcasting. I don't know, for me, it's, it's two distinct reasons. One uh, is that it doesn't really interest me. There are other genres I would much prefer to be watching and would enjoy spending my time watching considerably more. Mm -hmm. It's... The other reason is, I mean, on a, you know, truthful level as well, like, a lot of horror does unnerve me, and I don't particularly find that experience enjoyable. I, jump scares are quite effective for me, if they start correctly. Yeah, jump not, scares are scary for me, and I don't yeah, fucking like yeah, it. Yeah, it's not an experience I enjoy, Yeah, I don't, So that that's the main reason I don't watch uh, horror movies, is not because, like, they're too scary or whatever, it's that... I find jump scares for what they get, bring to a narrative do not... Uh, 
enhance the story enough. They're just... They're, you're not scared because this horrible thing is uh, jumping out at you. You're scared because there's suddenly a loud noise and flashing lights. Like, it's got nothing to do with the content of the jump scare as to why you're scared. It's just... Bleh! And shit's moving towards your face. Yeah, but what about in terms of the context of the characters? So, like, good setup jump scares are actually a jump scare of a character against another character, and you're seeing that jump scare from one of those characters' perspectives. Yeah, so exactly. What happened, like, so, what, so that's not just a jump scare for you, the audience. That is actually an emotional experience for one of the characters, which helps build the narrative. Yeah, exactly. So, as Billy said, when jump scares are done, great. Yeah, and they so can like, be a bit of an like, them as well. Alien is a great horror movie. Plenty <laughs> of jump scares in that, but it builds tension in uh, in uh, it builds tension well. It doesn't use jump scares like every fucking five minutes. Yeah, it lays the groundwork for them as well. It builds on the yeah. tension and the suspense. Mm -hmm. It uses them sparingly, whereas I yeah. feel like the majority of the horror genre, it's just like every five minutes, and like the stories are just you know. Well, the horror genre, in my own experience, is like perpetually bad for like cult following so not massive amounts of people are into them yeah and then as such there's not a lot there's not a massive amount of funding that's actually put into them and so yeah. you end up with a lot of c and d grade films that are horror films it's it's, it's genre typically with films typically associated with a poorer product a lower which caliber is which is probably why you get this thing yeah. so when where we're talking about like jump scares that are done really well, I think that that should really be the only jump scares that we're actually considering. Mm, that's a fair point. For yeah, yeah, because it, there's other limiting factors, and that's certainly uh, a fair point. But yeah, that, that's the main reason I don't watch a lot of horror movies is because uh, it's because there's not a lot of good horror. There's films. not a lot of them that I consider good. <laughs> And like, it's got to be more than just, uh, it's got to be more than just scary. There's got to be a nice bit of story to it. Yeah, jump scares don't really work in tabletop games, do they? No, they don't work. Pretty much they work not at all. Um, they you ever work... been jump scared in a tabletop RPG? Really? You can, you can jump be... scare people, but that relies, I find, less on actual words and more effects like for instance and this is going this is really stripping it down so when I say in a, in yeah okay, okay I was going to say when I say a jump scare I mean I don't mean there's a sudden change in the tempo of a scene or uh, there is a revelation that occurs uh, that is sudden I mean there is some horrible thing that is uh, suddenly happening so like suddenly uh, a monster bursts through the door or suddenly out of nowhere so like that can be done you've yeah, kind of you augmented can. with the environment like I find if a monster is suddenly jumping through the player doing whatever you slap the tail to make a really loud noise and then really quickly explain what's happening mm -hmm. uh, getting people really into shit something's happened we have to react there's been a noise we've just been told this thing's coming to the door fuck what do we do yeah um You've got to layer it. One of the things that can be hard with those particular types of scenes is players that don't react well to yes. things that need to happen quickly. So, like, you're trying to build suspense by trying to force them to make decisions quickly, but because they don't want to make those decisions quickly, and that's not, like, what they're, they're there for, they're, like, trying to slow you down. And, like, that you may end up with a situation where somebody feels like you're trying to push them... Uh, and they don't want to be pushed, so they like they'll feel like you're ganging up on them, even though what you're trying to do is actually make the uh, emotional content of your game better. So okay, it's something so that, to that, consider. That spills back into one of our yeah, old yeah, about dealing with situations. Here's another spill back for you. Um, I think that that situation can be well remedied by. Uh, a campaign, so like the, the, the advantage of a campaign versus a one-shot. Um, what you've got here is a classic example of experience with the DM. Yeah. So what you could do in that particular situation as a DM, if you're trying to make players make quick decisions in a horror scenario, is that you can actually introduce the most extreme negative consequences because, because they haven't made a decision. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then 
that is a lesson for the player as well as a negative effect for the character in the fact that these decisions need to make be made quickly and in this particular instance it was better that you made a decision like any decision at all I've also noticed players tend to react a lot quicker and make decisions faster as well when there is clear consequence mm. and not necessarily something immediately like they know they're going to be punished not exactly what I mean but you know for not making a decision but if they know uh, they're on like a time limit to find this guy and if they delay uh, then if they fuck around too much he's going to die I actually did a it wasn't a horror run yesterday but it was definitely horror elements and thriller and it was really effective use of a timer yeah. uh, to motivate people to make quick decisions in conjunction with that and it worked really well to create this really tense atmosphere um, on the on the topic of timers uh, it's worth experimenting with uh, hidden timers so like the players know that there's probably some element of urgency to the situation but they don't actually know the time they've got so like you're considering how long they've spent in a room and like if they're in a room for like five minutes something will happen but if they're out of it then like they're in another room and they hear a sound from this room and they come back uh, another good way to do it is you can have a timer display but have it counting up instead of counting down then the players are conscious that it is there and you often see people sort of glancing towards it but they still don't know if X is going to happen at Y time yeah um yeah yeah because I mean the end horror is all about atmosphere you can't yeah, have indeed. horror about making setting up the atmosphere so that's that's probably one of the reasons that I like actual play as uh, actual plays of horror games more than I like actual plays of other games because in order for a GM to convey horror they need to set the mood well and, or, and in order to do that they uh, the best way you can do that is by making your descriptions better um, I, I mentioned this uh, I mentioned this uh, a while ago um, that uh, not on the podcast but you know, when we were talking beforehand that if you in a fantasy game you can just say oh I cut the guy in half but in a horror game you know, that you can go, oh, the bad guy cuts this guy in half. In a horror game, you describe in painstaking detail everything that's happening as that blade tears through the f flesh, the sound of bones breaking and crunching and uh, the smell that comes from it and things like that. And that uh, is more likely to uh, set up disquiet in your uh, players than just saying, oh, you walk into the room, there's blood everywhere, and it's yeah. really, really horrible. It's just the worst. Yeah, like, geez, it takes so long to clean this up. Like, yeah. that cleaner horror story for her. No, you guys, though, you're fine. <laughs> Roll world times three. Yeah. No, you're all good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also find you can do some interesting things, like, for horror games, um, mechanics as well. Like, for instance, I've found when players tend to have more defensive abilities rather than offensive abilities it seems to make a bit more of a <sighs> atmosphere is the wrong word but I'm going to use it anyway um, so for instance not depowering players or taking away from the, taking away from the angel, <sighs> their agency but making it <sighs> the emphasis being on reacting uh, and not being able to necessarily kill the source of horror by having to come up with other solutions, I'm explaining this incredibly badly. Do any of you know what I'm talking about? No. No. Okay. I'm guessing what you're trying to <laughs> say is something to the effect of if a player is specified for a task and you're trying to create horror for that character, make... Don't invalidate what they have, but make it uh, so that they are forced or, or inclined to try and come up with an alternate solution. Yeah, so for instance... Uh, yeah, say, you can shoot the monster, but it'd be way better if you, like, lured it into a trap. Yeah, or shot out that lock on the door to escape. Yeah. That kind of thing. Jesus Christ. Yeah. We got there. Yeah. We, we needed a translator, but we got there. In, in the end... <laughs> In the end, yeah, there are there are certain types of games that um, lend themselves to certain certain types of horror games, specifically that are better suited to certain lengths of play as well. So, like um, P 
pure survival horror, like you're alone in the wilderness, but there's something else here and you need to survive, uh, that uh, would, is hard, the energy that is good about those is hard to sustain over time. So like True Detective is not a survival horror show, but survival horror movies are like the most common horror movies around because they're shorter format so that energy is sustained so like a survival horror role-playing game i think uh works really well uh for like one or, or a few runs so even within a greater horror campaign you can have like maybe you're doing some investigative horror scenario but like your players have got to go to uh antarctica uh in order to follow up a lead uh so your whole campaign isn't set in Antarctica, but you have a couple of runs there where you can do survival horror stuff. Or oh, it could even be more a simple thing as like a, you've got a detective and they're investigating a thing and then they find a bunch of clues that lead them to like a local cave system. Yeah. yeah. And then suddenly they're unprepared. Yeah. They fall into the cave system. They can't get out. They have to deal with water and no light and... All those kinds of things. I reckon that would be a really interesting scenario. Yeah. This, uh, one of the pitches that I actually put in our pitch episode, though, the quest for fire, mm. I was actually thinking was going to be a campaign of survival horror, though. Mm. Yeah, but it wouldn't be super long. No, maybe like six runs or something yeah. like that. Which would probably be easier to maintain. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I think short... I was just wondering. I was just wondering if you thought that that was going to be an issue. If you thought I don't. That that I was think. I think it might be more challenging long. than if you were doing um, doing it as uh, you know a shorter thing. But it's not necessarily completely out. In the same way that you can do a conspiracy horror game that's two runs or twenty. Um, you can do, uh, you know, your big, large horror concepts, psychological horror, I think lends itself to longer play. Like, a psychological horror scenario doesn't work super well as a uh, one-shot game. Who is like a galactic? What are they doing? Raymond. <laughs> yeah, the indeed. Lack of galactic. to our cops phase. Yeah, which is a conspiracy horror game. Of police game in space. that we play at Insert Quest here. Yeah, indeed. Um, have fun. Yeah, I mean, do you guys have any thoughts on this, like, topic of like I, what sort of lengths of games are? I think pure horror games should not be long games. I think they should be short to medium, just because I think it can become difficult to sustain that immersion for the plays before it starts becoming. Uh, the, the horror monster has come, we've dealt with that, it's time for uh, next horror element B to come through, we'll deal with that. Oh look, this has gone wrong. Yeah, gone so like the that. type of campaign I feel like you've just described is what I like to call a sprawling campaign. Yes. So a sprawling campaign is like your traditional fantasy or D&D campaign where you finish a quest, arguably a complete contained story, and then you move on to your next story. I don't think you should ever do a horror game that way. Like, I agree. Ever, ever, ever. Yeah. I think that with horror games you also have a problem with ideas, like, um, if you're tied to a specific system which has a specific setting, then potentially the number of ideas that you can actually come up with that can be horrible within that setting are related or at least similar, and yeah. so it's just kind of like, oh, it's just like... The giant three-eyed claw-handed monster, except this time, you know, we're underwater. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is not horrible anymore. We've already seen him. Yeah. It's just, it's just a different skin. Yeah. yeah. And so you're not really afraid and that anymore. I don't really actually get behind the idea of, like, gore horror. Mm. Body horror I can get behind, where, like, um... In which is like where you know familiar familiar biology and things like that is yeah. twisted and distorted into yeah. horrible ways. In, but in tabletop games, uh, I've seen it work well. I it's, it's it's all about the strength of your description. Um, gore horror though, like where it's just blood and guts everywhere. Yeah, yeah, that's probably yeah. really hard to do. I don't think that I, I don't think that I'd be afraid in that particular kind of scenario. I mean. Billy was talking before about system mechanics and all that kind of stuff, and we've discussed this in our system mechanics discussion previously. 
but like um, Eclipse Phase has a horror, um, like a psychological trauma yeah. system mechanic to enforce its horror aspect, and World of Darkness doesn't really have that Indeed. so much. Um, so, <clears throat> but that's not the point that I'm making here. The point is, is that gore horror on that level would be a system, a system enforcement only. Yeah. Your character mm. would roll the will roll. Yeah, and and to yeah, it would be def- a, oh to no. defend themselves yeah. mentally, but the player wouldn't feel. Yeah, it, so, wouldn't so feel any horror, which is actually interesting because. Like the example that I gave before with the film with the really good jump scares, what you're seeing is you're you're an observer and you're seeing a character and a character have a jump scare between the characters. Who's scared in the tabletop RPG horror? Norm- you can't really scare the player, like except by mechanic, except by mechanic. Yeah, you can you can scare you're the really player. To scare the player. The only real way I've seen like actual players be scared <coughs> is they were scared about losing their character. They weren't scared of the actual monster. They were just scared that all the time that they invested in their character was going to be for nil, which is a whole other argument that we've kind of had before. Yeah. What about an emotional investment in character, though? So I'm not talking about character death which we have really talked about yeah. before at length I'm talking about <coughs> you can totally so when I that. play Curtis if I put when Felicity Cur- in when, danger when, Cur- when Curtis has a argument with Felicity about pregnancy yeah I feel worried that Curtis's relationship is going to deteriorate yeah so I am emotionally concerned for Curtis even though his life isn't being threatened although arguably if your lifestyle is being threatened by an external force then your life kind of is he's in no immediate danger and yet you feel I don't feel but I feel anxious for him this fictional person that I came up with one evening and I didn't really think about how I was designing him and now I've sort of come this I'm just like huh it's gonna be like Kevin Spacey from (laughs) LA uh, Confidential but not really you can totally get that um, like emotional yeah I'm now I'm now actually in like inhabiting this character and uh, if that character like saw something really horrible dismemberment of Felicity for example don't get any fucking ideas I don't see how that would come up you cunt (laughs) I just I know I know you just uh, there's a rogue symbol space just replaying these images. Yeah, like anyway, go on. Yeah. Yeah, but you that was her whole Yeah, so so like so like so like that's that's the eyes are lighting up like holograms and the TQZ of loved ones and things and evoking emotional responses that way. Anyway, so we can all agree that in a horror tabletop game, the goal is to try and evoke these feelings from the player. Yes. Or yes, not? but whether they actually feel horrified or not is not super important. Um, so does like, that mean for horror games you need a? Uh, are you saying it's not that important? Okay. No, no, no. So like, I don't think that you should um, put the strength. Uh, you you shouldn't put the success or failure of your um, horror scenario on whether you actually scared your players. If you do that, you're probably not going to come out feeling super confident at the end. So what would you put it on? I would put it on making the players feel that a certain thing within the game was actually uh, would be scary if you were there. You're looking for uh, again verisimilitude, the feeling of uh, something being like it is real. Uh, I think it's just too hard to actually scare a player because the, it's very hard to take them out of I'm sitting in this room, I'm not actually being attacked yeah. by anyone. So in a jump scare in a film your goal is to actually scare the viewer and the and like legitimately scare the viewer. The uh, breathing rate increases, heart rate increases, yeah, yeah. pupils dilate, blood goes to the face, adrenaline gets released, all that kind of stuff. I don't think you're ever going to, like, I have heard circumstances of some people watching horror films <coughs> or li- or listening to horror audiobooks that they have actually uh, vomited as a response to the horrible things that they have seen or been exposed to through their own senses. But I think that when you're playing a character There's that the DM is not going to 
get that feeling through to the player, that same feeling, because they're obviously not in a horrible situation. You're sitting around a table mm. with pieces of paper and some dice. I suppose at the end of the day, I would consider uh, if I did a horror game and it was just like, you roll your will, uh, you succeed or you failed in the eclipse phase system and then not much more is said in it, it's a failure. But if you do it and after the game is run, even like a couple of places, like, wow, that was really tense there. Yeah, exactly. You've, you've, you've come away, but exactly. you're, looking, you're looking to create tension, and yeah. I think that you're looking to create worry and concern. Yes, for exactly. Your so, like, character, like, I would be worried in that situation. Like, my character's in a bad way. He's about to freak out. What the hell's going on? Yeah, exactly. So, like, that's the thing that you. If you are doing gore horror, if you're doing the thing where someone's been ripped apart. You shouldn't be emphasizing, I mean, sure, emphasize that it is physically horrible, but the thing that is horrific about gore horror, to me, when you're doing it in a role-playing game, is not the actual act itself, it's the why the fuck did somebody do this? Why did somebody um, display my wife on the hood of my police cruiser, blood-eagled? Why did they cut the bat, her ribs away from her spine and bend the bones outwards? This is also a synopsis for the next round. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> like, <laughs> what, what kind of animal even thinks about doing that kind exactly. of thing? Exactly. Like, where and did then, this idea come from? And then from, your gore Raymond? horror is your psychological horror. I'm concerned for you. Are you a horror villain? Yes. <laughs> I am he actually says. Mr... I am actually Monsieur Toulamonde. Twirling his moustache as he's enveloped by shadows. <laughs> Enveloped or enveloped? Oh, uh, you know, they've come a long way. They've got some stamps. <laughs> <laughs> this is a postal horror. Get with it. Postal horror. Oh man. Yeah. Delta Green agents. But you're all envelope. part of. Um, you're all part of you're that. You're undercover in the American postal system. Wow. No, no, no. What's yeah. that thing from? Oh, it's in. Um, America has like a, an actual police agency for like crimes relate federal crimes related to. Their postal service. The stampers. No, it's like it's in an episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine, and it's a real thing. I just can't remember what it's called. Oh yeah, oh, the episode. Yeah. So like you know, yeah. investigating anthrax and stuff like that. Anyway, the really weird dude. That yeah. Doesn't. Yeah. Doesn't John Donger. <laughs> Jackie. <laughs> I prefer Jackie. Jackie Donger. Anyway. Um, yeah, that's that's the thing you should be going for with your ghoul horror. Like, yes, the actual physical act is... So do you think that you can actually, like, totally push, like, horror... Like, the un the underlying sentiment behind horror and tabletop RPGs is to create concern for the characters by the players. Is that, like, the goal? Like Yeah, that's definitely the goal. The absolute and goal you... I the, agree. The, the situations that you're... The, situ the, the vehicles that you use, the situations that you use, you can tailor specifically to each character. Yeah. But unless that situation creates a response from the character, which is then a concern to the player, then the whole thing's pointless for a horror game. Yeah, yes. exactly. The thing, the things that I'm going for when I'm running a horror scenario is I want, ideally, I want the players to be unsettled in some way by something in there, but not because they think I'm an asshole or a horrible person, but because they generally think that concept is troubling. So, like, you know, you do fucking, you do ego nappers, soul kidnappers in Eclipse phase, you know, people that fucking take people's minds and turn them into <laughs> mental slaves. That's troubling regardless. And then it's like, here's all the situations why people do that, why it's, you know, what you're using it for. Here's all the ways you've, you're personally involved in the ego trafficking trade because, you know, you wanted to... Uh, get your accounts uh, and your taxes done faster so you sent them off to this company and that company employs slave labour because you don't care enough to double check. So Eclipse Face is a really good example of this. What happens is it does it require a certain amount of knowledge of the uh, the, 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 physical, the physical things in Eclipse phase, like we're talking about egos and ego hackers and this is something that you can do 
Yes. And you like introduce this into a scenario where you haven't like previously talked about ego hackers and you might be playing with players that aren't very experienced. Yeah, exactly. So like you I wouldn't run space travel or all all these kinds of things. And they don't know that this is what you can do. So you're running this whole thing and they're just like people are still in people's minds. How? What? Why? Oh, yeah, exactly. You I wouldn't. Don't, I don't care anymore. I wouldn't. Roll initiative. I wouldn't run an ego trafficking scenario for people that are not like aware of how um, ego uh, fork it, uh, how egos work in Eclipse space because they're not going to be pulled into it. But I would totally run, uh, you know. Um, so when do we bust up the ego trafficking <laughs> ring, man? <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> For one, because they're not based on Mars, and oh. good luck, they're larger than the Martian ranges. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I think uh, you, you're right, and I have said this before about everything, it all comes down to, like, how genre savvy and how setting aware you are, which is why I really like modern setting games because most people are familiar with almost everything about a modern setting game. I don't have to worry about how to describe a car to you. Yeah. It's like, it's a sedan. It's a hatchback. It's an SUV. It's this colour. So you can focus on the... This is drifting a little bit away from horror, but you can focus a little bit more on the higher order... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't have to the, worry. The, the, I don't have to worry about describing these, how AR in these programs work games, to you. Than just being like... You could say that, but you're black in the 14th yeah. century, so... And it's... And no. It's still totally relevant to horror, because there's a lot... You're a woman, yeah. and, yeah. like, that man is not respecting you. Yeah. And you can't say, bitch, please. Because as has yeah. been said, a large part of horror is that atmosphere. Nothing breaks that atmosphere, like then having to describe to the player in more detail this base thing or why they should be concerned yeah, about Yeah, you know, I have to describe to a yeah. player what a maker, what the difference between a maker and a faber is because they didn't take the, you know, 10 seconds to look it up in the book before play and because they didn't, of they didn't want whole it. Mood. And then that kills you your mood. Trying to cultivate. You have state. to, you know, do, describe something that is innocuous to the world and often with the way players are, are wired, They'll think that because you described it in more detail, it's more important. It's like, no, I just didn't want you to get fucking confused about what it was. Okay, but we're still taking it with us. Okay. Well, whatever. I guess you can. You little shits. I hate players. They're so dumb. Sometimes they're really great, though. Sometimes they can be really great. Amen. Innovative solving horror scenarios would be amazing if they like you put them in this really horrible place and they were just like, "This is the fix." And then you're I, just like, "I dissolve." Oh yeah, that totally works. I dissolve the floor <laughs> and jump into space. Is um, that a fix? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Was uh, it horrible? Was what would you do horrible? It was horrific. It okay. wasn't horrible. Okay. Horrible would be, oh my god, he doesn't know what he's doing. Oh my god, what is so even is that? Okay, it cool. Was, so it we had achieved some. It had achieved its achieved, horror goals. Achieved some goals there. Um, I, for one, have actually been enlightened by today's discussion about horror. Yeah. I feel that the the epiphany of using situations to create horror for characters then creates horror for players through a through one and one link only and that is the concern for the player for the character i think that that is going to help in the playing and design of horror scenarios in the future yeah i think that's an absolutely yeah. great point um, so i think it's a real good gem i like it yeah yeah um so kim talked about yeah Kim talked about a little earlier uh, that he wanted to play more survival horror. Is there a type of horror game that you'd be interested in exploring more? I would really like to do, uh, I don't know if it's possible, more of a psychological horror and just have it be a really character-centred, not so much external, but again, I'm doing the talky thing shit. I don't want to do a good psychological horror. Let's yeah. save ourselves five minutes of wondering what the hell we was talking about. Yeah, you want you want character-driven psychological yes. horror. Yes. Do you want to play tabletop uh, uh, until dawn? Until dawn. Until dawn. I'm surprised that you didn't mention that earlier. 
sounds really. It's a it's a horror. Um, yes, yeah, in the cabin of the fucking PlayStation game. Yeah, no, I know the one where they have this butterfly. They have they have this interesting mechanic where a butterfly picture appears on the screen whenever you make a decision that has had a butterfly effect into future outcomes. So it's kind of like the hidden timer. They actually tell you that you know that that was important, but you don't know why. Exactly, okay. and even failing to like complete some to complete some quick time events can mm-hmm. have that yeah. butterfly implication. And sometimes, interestingly enough, the correct decision in that game is to do nothing. Weird. No, yeah, I'd love to play a game like that. I think that'd be really. Yeah. You'd want to be. You'd... It has some downfalls though. Um, uh, you can so whenever like all of the characters because you play at, as each of the characters yeah. the, the story of, of the game is has to be structured in such a way that the story still makes sense if the characters die in any order yeah that's not the thing I was going to talk oh. about though the fact is is that you actually get an emotional readout um, if you access the menu for each of the characters on oh. how they're feeling oh. but there is actually no mechanical way that that Impact. emotional state is enforced Okay. Yeah. Ah. It is only it is up to the player to change the way that they are making decisions based on the emotional readout that they have been provided by the game. Mm. And, but it doesn't actually yeah. change well like if the character's angry, it doesn't make the uh, time periods for each event in the quick time shorter uh, because your hands are shaking so much or something like that or fear for the yeah. same reason or if you were cold it like that that could have been interesting things in that particular game to introduce is that yeah, yeah. the emotional the emotional state that the game is telling you that your characters have actually means something which it doesn't right yeah I'd like to like like Wilfred. I'd like to play more psychological horror, and I think that like it, uh, a well, really a cop face is kind of psychological horror, isn't it? Indeed, I didn't want to mention it because I don't want to toot my own horn too much. Because <laughs> um, Billy was e- expressing a preference to play in a psychological horror, and I'm just like, you can't do. Yeah, I also see Cop's Phase as the psychological horror is more of a secondary facet. Yeah, it's definitely espionage horror, not horror espionage. Mm. I'd I'd be interested in one where the focus... Yeah, I was going to say, like, a psychological horror game, if I was going to run one, I'd probably set it in something modern day, just for ease of running. One as well where we're not potentially as well equipped to deal with the problems. So, Cop's Phase, uh, we're often decently armed, but decently skilled. We're dealing with cases... Yeah, it's our job to deal with cases. Like, Indeed. I mean, ra- I mean, rangers go and deal with pretty like the most horrific cases because they're kind of like the top ish. Yeah. Your federal cops, basically. Esh- echelon of 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 crime fighting. Indeed. And at the end of the day, yes. we still wear Mars space. Well equipped, well well reinforced. Uh, for the most part, we can always quit if it becomes too much, and if we die, we can always come back. Yes, but we've talked about before how just because Eclipse Phase has the option for you to keep playing your same character after they die doesn't remove the penalties for death. Like, it's still super bad when you die. If you've got a smart GM, they can do lots of interesting things with your death. But anyway, the thing I was going to say is I would like to play more conspiracy horror. Um, I'd like to see more of that. Um, Ooh, political conspiracy con- horror. Political conspiracy mm. horror, you know, there's fucking, there's, there's some... President poli- is an alien. Start off working... Well, not it. That's so, kind of cool. Start off working as, like, a really, like, low-ranked aide or something in this, like, equivalent to the White House. And one day you notice, like, the door to the chief of staff office has been left open and there's something slightly strange going yeah, on. Yeah, so, like, we've talked a lot about, like, supernatural... A lot of the, like, examples of horror we've brought up have been, like, supernatural horror and things like that. Like, even, like, Kim and Billy both just mentioned there's, like, some kind of alien or, like, a shadow. But it could just be, like, some politician is covering up some horrible thing he did yeah, in his that's past. that's actually what I was referencing. Oh, okay. Not something okay. Yeah. I, I got like, you hear a phone call or something like that yeah. or you see a document. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Okay, you yeah. see a very unsettling picture that I would not like to describe. I don't think there's a lot to be said for more mundane-esque 
horror as well. Yeah, because I think that it's more horrific because it's closer it's to what it's I closer to what you've experienced. I can't believe that I didn't remember that the actual the most recent thing that I've actually watched isn't The Conjuring. I watched all of American Horror Story Asylum. Oh, how's that go? Uh, yeah, it's got issues. Yep. It's good for about first half of of the season of the series. I haven't watched American Horror Story Hotel. This yeah. is Asylum. This is the second. I haven't watched any of it. I saw bits and pieces of third season Coven, and I wasn't Coven. That's what it's called. I wasn't oh God. overly Which is, impressed. Yeah, you, there's. You want to talk about something that's. So that's something that's, you know, meant to be horrific. You want to talk about something that's, like, not really horror, but, like, becomes really horror? That's Teen Wolf. And that's the kind of thing I was talking about before we started the podcast as well, for reference. Yeah, but Teen Wolf does have horror themes and was kind of horror. Yeah. But, like, but it wasn't... It okay, yeah. Yeah. So, like, season... I think it's season three or season four... Of Teen Wolf. Certainly not season one. Whichever one is, like, whichever one has the Alpha Pack and the Shadow Kitsune in it, that season has, especially the second half, psychological horror themes. It's all like, what, what, who are you? What is, uh, are you going mad? You know, what is real? Um, and... You know, can you trust your friends and stuff like that? And yeah. even the new season with the Dread Doctors is also doctors. pretty fucking dreadful, to be honest. I'm sorry, I was imagining Judge Dread like the Doctors outfit. <laughs> the Dread Doctors and the Chimeras, like uh, the the Chimeras, eh, the horror part, the horror part for all the um, the shapeshifters in um, Teen Wolf. in Teen Wolf is not horror. It's all the other shit that happens to them, like. You know, the human beings, like, setting up weird psychological messages for future generations because they need to protect themselves against the wolves or whatever. All that shit. <laughs> I have to give that another go. I have so I had so much trouble taking that show seriously. I didn't take it seriously to begin with, and then fucking Shadow Kitsune. <laughs> And some shit happened. I could give you a synopsis. I could give you my rundown of American Horror Story Asylum, but I won't because it requires a lot of plot reviews. You can give us it later. Um, and um, it also requires a lot of. Basically, the problem is, is that it started out being pretty. Is that it started out being horror, and then what happened at the end? Uh, well, towards the end, was that it just became like a soap. Like they mm. huh. to make like their characters the focus rather than the things that were happening to the characters, okay. which is kind of what you really got into yeah. that whole thing for in the first place. I don't know what the other three series are like though. So it started off really good, and there was a lot of unexplained shit. A lot of unexplained shit that didn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. So that's that's that. Um, but the last thing that I wanted to. Uh, Ray's um, was that a lot of horror films in particular lose their horrificness after the reveal. Yeah. Yes. You want to put I your honestly mind. thought we touched on this earlier. We're talking about. I particular. I avoided it because I know there are other things that talk about it. Like yeah. for instance, there's an after hour uh, cracked after hours video that mentions it. Yeah. Mm. We yeah. Just we talked a lot about tension today and creating tension. Yeah. And it is a, note, a noteworthy pitfall for people designing or playing in horror games that it's really tension, for designing can be, scenarios. That tension can be lost yeah. after the reveal. Yeah, yeah it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, knowing that, knowing that, like the earlier you reveal your monster, uh, doesn't really help you design a role-playing game, but it helps you design a role-playing scenario. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Why so I think. To the people and their actions mm. rather than a monster you reveal yeah um but I think that the um tension is a lot higher when people are making decisions based on a set of data that they know less about agreed mm. so yeah exactly if you don't have if you haven't revealed the horror then if you yeah. haven't revealed the monster or whatever the horrible thing the horrific thing mm. then you are 
making your players make decisions that they don't they're not really totally informed on and that's kind of like the skill set thing that like we were yeah. talking about in eclipse phase we are in a cops phase we're really equipped for all of these kinds of things raymond can actually remove our mental equipment from this by creating situations where we're yeah. actually making decisions as rangers making decisions that we're not fully informed on i mean i wasn't gonna mention it but yeah totally <laughs> There's a lot of things I can do to remove your advantages, but... Yeah, totally. Anyway, I think the real gem from the day is um, create using the situation mm. as the vehicle to create horror for the character, which then creates horror for the player through concern for their character. Yeah, Kim, Kim's always really good at summing up the episode. That's... that's Some what, episodes we don't have, like, a take-home message. Yeah. That's the take-home message for today. That's... There. That's what I feel in life. Kim's gonna be putting that into whatever his uh, his next horror game is. Well, maybe it might be um, Quest for Fire. Maybe. I do like the maybe it Quest might be Egyptology. E Egyptology. Egyptology <laughs> archaeologists. I thought Egypt the Egyptology campaign was gonna be a little more comedic, but whatevs. Really? Uh, when, 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 when we were actually really. He's right, though. Okay. Yeah. Raymond is correct. It was originally going to be very comedic. Ah. It still probably is. I'm not going to introduce a horror aspect to it. Yeah. But that's for epilogues, I think. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. All right. So, I'm Raymond. I'm Kim. I'm Will. And you've been listening to... The, the Crusading, Crusading Couch! Couch.